Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast, talking all things holistic health and mind, body, soul, healing and expansion with me, your host, Megan Cooper. In this episode, I'm joined by intuitive witch, Sim Stevens. I've attended several of Sim's women's circles and events here in Brighton, and I've always been fascinated by her work as a modern day witch and what that means to her. Sim is a qualified aromatherapist, crystal healer and card reader, and after 14 years in PR, now runs her business Senses by Sim full-time. In this episode, we discuss growing up with her gifts, discovering her witch lineage, reconnecting back to the feminine, the magic of plants as medicine, reconnecting back to nature, mediumship, and tapping more into our own unique spiritual gifts. Enjoy. All right, my love. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. So welcoming in, Sim. Hello, so nice to be here. Thank you. I feel like I sounded like Miss Doubtfire then. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Good start. (laughs) No, not at all. Okay, so my first question to you is, what does it mean to you to be a modern day witch? Oh, wow. This is a big one. Um, So for me, there's like a few things around this. It's definitely, for me, quite rooted in working with natural remedies, you know, treatments and raw materials that have kind of stood the test of time and been around for, you know, ages and ages and ages and have like all that lovely rich heritage around why they're good for us and, you know, all that kind of lovely stuff. But it's also about not dumbing down our intuition and really not dimming our light either especially for those of us that are female or identify as a female I think and we'll probably come on to this but in terms of like what witches mean for you know women and and females it's quite powerful in that sense so I think for me that's quite another big part of it um and actually just you know in this modern world being really open to working with intuition and you know the elements and these natural materials as I said but it's also about really tuning in cultivating those skills those gifts all that knowledge um, and using them for good you know using them for a good practice so whether that's you know bringing together um, community or creating that sense of community for people or you know working in healing or you know supporting each other in some way um you know but it's all done with love and with positivity and you know I'm not um a modern day witch who practices black magic or hexing or anything like that for me it's all about you know using what gifts I have to really support others and really like look out for people but I don't necessarily identify at the moment with any particular area of kind of witchcraft so some people will identify you know as Wicca or pagan and for me right now I feel that the best if I had to sort of give myself a a witch term would probably be eclectic just because I take bits of everything and I really enjoy you know um, parts of the kind of more pagan traditions I do use some more Wicca work as well so it's a real mix for me but I feel like again one of the 
things about being a modern day witch is that you have this choice and you don't have to conform to one witchcraft or one type of witchhood as some people call it so for me you know kind of eclectic I suppose sort of sums sums up what I do in that sense but I also think you know I'm still discovering some gifts things are changing and I think you know speaking to other witches they find that that happens so it's then really hard to sort of kind of segregate yourself into one camp when your gifts are evolving all the time and you may change how you work or so I think yeah for me it's take a bit of everything that feels good do that intuitively don't have any rules about it but you know everything's done from a place of working what the universe provided you and us with and doing it from a place of good beautiful awesome thank you lovely so how and when did this journey begin for you um so probably when I was a baby um so I mean my mum and dad have joked about it in the past saying that you know when we were born we just knew there was something special about you in a kind of you know jokey sarcastic type way I would say um but I think um you know they said that it was quite evident that I probably saw things as a child and was connecting with things I for quite a long period had an imaginary friend um his name was Gordon and I can still really love the name I know vividly see him so it's really odd when people talk about that period because in my memories he's totally there as a person but for no one else he's you know so that's really strange but um I think you know for probably for a while particularly my dad was a bit worried that you know that might mean there was something wrong with me or I was deeply lonely because I had this imaginary friend who happened to be like an old man Gordon (laughs) and um you know and in fact I think maybe my parents didn't want to admit that potentially it could be a spirit and that you know that was someone that I was connecting with um and then yeah I suppose you know a few other things happened as a child um my our neighbors used to like inform my mom that I was hanging out the window again looking at the moon when I shouldn't have been and I was should have been in bed um (laughs) And, you know, I just used to yeah, constantly make up my own potions with all sorts of things that I'd found on walks or in the garden. Or, and I started probably when I was about seven or eight to tell my mum about places I'd been when I had been asleep. But um, this was definitely me um, like astral projecting in my sleep rather than just dreams because I was describing, you know, like opening my window, flying out of the house going above all the rooftops, describing to my mum things that were on our neighbours' rooftops. You know, she was just like, it was in such detail that she was like, I really feel like we should maybe move your bed away from the window, just in case (sighs) this is really happening. So, yeah, I think there was always, but I was always like, oh, no, I was totally asleep. But I just know that I went, like, up over the house, down to the beach, you know, like, and again, for like a seven-year-old, that would be pretty weird to know all the detail of everything you know, on that journey. And I know, and I know that that now, what that is now at the time, I just thought that was normal as well. So I think, you know, it was definitely all there. I was like fascinated with anything spooky. Um, I started doing tarot when I was like in my early teens, but then 
probably like so many people, you know, you become a teenager and things change, you know, you discover boys and, you know, clothes and makeup and, you know, the vibe really changed for me. Um, so, yeah, so it's definitely been there since um, I was very little. But I think, you know, over the years, um, things were suppressed, I suppose, you know, um, just with you know, how we have to conform and people. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, lots of people have always said, oh, you know, Sim, there's always been something odd about you. or In the most loveliest sense, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, I've always probably been that person that people, if something felt off, they would come to me about it because they would sort of trust that my gut feeling would be right on it. Yes. You know, probably that's always been a deeper knowing, even when I wasn't maybe practicing as a witch or, you know, in that in that world, as it were. Yeah. And you've obviously just established your business full time recently. Do you feel like it's really been in the last few years that you've really taken kind of full ownership of your gifts or do you feel like there was a bit of a shift from kind of playing with it to actually feeling like no this really is who I am and this is where I'm going and this is what I'm supposed to be doing was there a shift in that kind of sense yeah um yeah absolutely and that I think is what is kind of rooted in what I want to do with senses by sim now Mm. so it was probably I would say you know five or six years ago I just had this constant feeling of being numb, I suppose it was, um, going through the motions of, you know, life day to day, conforming, you know, to the ways in which we are told we should live. You should have a really successful job and work nine till five and, you know, all of those things. And for most of my 20s, that had really worked. I mean, there's probably questions over it now if I look back, but hey, that's another another thing. Um but yeah, I think it was probably yeah, about five or six years ago that that just that whole way, that whole way of life really just started to feel awkward for me. It was jarring. I no longer felt, just to go back a bit, I worked in the world of PR and marketing, um, which is hugely corporate masculine energy. I've worked in some really toxic, unhealthy jobs. And I think that, has just had such an effect on not only my gifts as it were but um you know just how I was feeling about myself like physically and emotionally Mm. and I think just something started to switch you know I just started to wake up to the reality that this way of living is just not what we're designed for and actually it's it's unhealthy and that all of these things that we're kind of not that I want to go on too much about being institutionalized but you know these things that we are told to do and how to behave and that you know this is the way it should be done is all actually from a real place of fear and that if you know we're in a state of fear that we just get on with it and you know we don't actually really listen to what our intuition is trying to tell us so I think that just all started to make sense for me a little bit and that you know, I was quite unwell. Um, you know, I started to suffer with depression and anxiety. Like physically, I was just very tired all the time. Um, so I really just thought I have to do something about this. 
um, because I can't really carry on. So that's when I suppose my healing journey with myself really started. And um, I started by getting some therapy, um, which was just the most incredible gift I ever gave myself. Um, because had I not have done that, I, you know, I probably wouldn't be here talking about all this today. Um, but I think once I got to therapy for probably, you know, 18 months and once that kind of peeled back, I almost describe it as like a superficial layer of trauma, which was all very work related, very much from that place. Once that was sort of peeled back, I really started to feel and see those little snippets of me again. And it was then those that I started to really hold on to and think, oh, well, actually, that made me feel like that. And I haven't felt like that since I was probably 10 or, you know, 12 or 15. And I think suddenly I just realised that I'd really abandoned that side of myself. And then when I started looking into that even more, um, what I realised, you know, was that that was just deeply wounded suppressed feminine energy and I think that's why now um, for me so much of what I offer and want to do for others is about you know re-finding that feminine connection or reawakening her or you know for some people even finding it you know it may never emerge quite yet so and I just think that's been so important for me um, that I I, you know, I'm still working on it now. It's not to say that I've, you know, healed and woohoo and all that, because absolutely, <laughs> you know, that's an ongoing process. And, mm. but again, I think, you know, it, it kind of led me not only on my own healing path, but also to rediscovering my witch gifts. Um, yeah. Which, you know, obviously was meant to happen. And, um, from then I've kind of discovered that I have this witch lineage in my family wow. I've yeah so I've got like a little side project about looking into that a bit more with like um hopefully my grandma's going to be able to help me with that um she doesn't know it yet so she might hear <laughs> that on this but um, <laughs> um but yeah I'm ready to talk to her about it actually this weekend um, awesome. And that, yeah, I've like discovered that I have some past life, which um, stuff as well, which is really quite powerful. Um, so I suppose, um, you know, this kind of idea that my feminine has been really deep wounded is not just in my lifetime. It feels like this is, you know, past life. It's this collective, yeah. which... Um, damage that been playing out for a long time yeah yeah exactly and I love what you were saying there about it is traumatic isn't it to deny ourselves our authenticity and to shut off from our authentic gifts it creates that layer of trauma aside from events that have obviously occurred but it creates that layer of dissonance and dis-ease and it does demand that we also step into a place of numbness because feeling disconnected mm. from different parts of ourselves is so uncomfortable that we have to numb it out because otherwise it would just be too challenging to feel yeah so I'm sure that a lot of people can resonate with that I definitely can just leaning into this theme around the power of the feminine and I'm really pleased that you touched on this 
What does the power of the feminine mean to you and how does it come through in your work? For me, everything I now do is about leaning more into my feminine, trying to move away from this idea that we constantly have to live in the masculine energy. Oh, absolutely. There is obviously that place for that. But it's about balance. And if you haven't had any balance for a long time, then, you know, you need to lean in so much more. And what does that mean to you, leaning into our feminine as opposed to being in our masculine in kind of tangible terms, if somebody's not really familiar with that? For me, on like my day to day, this is just now being more gentle with myself, feeling into what I am feeling in my body, feeling in my mind making sure that I have got time in the day to just check in with myself. It's that softer, more nurturing way of just approaching the day rather than just going in like, got to get all this done, you know. Um, For me, this has been about bringing in these more gentle practices, um, you know, starting the day with kind of some meditation or some journaling and just really trying to dig a bit deeper into what my mind and body is telling me giving myself a bit of a break now and then not beating myself up if you know I didn't get my to-do list done and you know feeling really guilty about it um you know punishing myself but actually looking at the things that I did do really well and what did accomplish today or you know all of that things and I think, again, just even like these small things for me have been like so powerful because I just hadn't been thinking or doing those things for so long or at all. Um, But for me, yeah, it's just really, again, also about coming more uh, on a deeper level, you know, really working with your lower chakras. So, um, you know, if people are um, aware of, you know, working with chakras, then, you know, for me, this has been very much working with my kind of my root and my sacral and my solar plexus um, because this is where obviously we store a lot of our feminine energy a lot of our creativity which obviously all of that gets very squashed if we're in the masculine root I mean I think for me that's definitely been a, a really big way of connecting back with my feminine energy because that's so linked to my gifts um, and my witch lineage so um, just really connecting back to where I belong and what my purpose is and you know what my roots probably been screaming at me and I think for me I've just found um, oh it's so funny because they're all like heating up when I'm talking about them um, which is good um, just they're all you work- to say hi <laughs> they're all working so yeah for me it's yeah it's just about maybe almost like stepping back a little you know, mm. doing things that just feel really good for you, you know, mm. and that's so different, I think, for some, you know, for each of us, like, you know, I've got some friends who absolutely, you know, like dancing and, um, you know, singing, that really connects some of their feminine, like, actually, for me, it's probably meditation and tinkering around with some oils and herbs in my treatment room, which just really connects me to that, my feminine energy. So, you know it's that it's that feeling good as well I think very Mm. much and in relation to society and where we're going as a society I guess that that resurrection of the feminine is a reprioritization of 
joy and of pleasure and of intuition and connection and remembering our affinity to nature you know like with everything that's happening in the world in terms of climate and things like that we're really being asked to remember that we are part of this world and part of nature yeah on a whole different level so that is the resurrection of the feminine that obviously begins within us individually so that we can then bring that out collectively yeah absolutely and I think that's why you will find so many people who you know obviously identify as a witch are so heavily connected to um, the elements or you know they may work with one particular element um, because it's also rooted in you know what the universe has provided us with to work with and it's and it's for both it relates to all of us to not just women stepping into their feminine or people who identify as women but actually men or people who identify as men it's establishing that balance of masculine and feminine energy within ourselves. Absolutely. So obviously within the arena of being a witch, there is a lot that has been repressed over centuries. Do you think that we are experiencing a revival in this area of healing? And if so, why now? You know, why does it now feel more safe finally to start sharing our gifts and lean into all of these different areas of healing yeah I think you're absolutely right there's definitely um a revival um I think it's probably been um bubbling along for a while um you know lots of people would say probably even from the 60s it's kind of been ticking along probably more behind the scenes but I suppose you know, some of the positives of social media and us being in a a more connected digital world is that people can now connect with other people that feel this way or practice this way. And I think that has definitely been a massive factor in how this is now being seen and communicated and people, you know, obviously um, are able to identify with people that they never probably even would have met and, you know, and learn from each other. But I think, yeah, there's been some masses of kind of collective healing work in this space as well. So I know of, you know, just here in the UK, there's some really amazing groups of women who've been coming together to kind of do collective healing practices, whether that's, you know, through retreats or or through just, you know, getting on Zoom together and doing meditations and things to really start to heal some of those past trauma wounds of our witch lineage and and the, and the trauma that has happened over the centuries you know and we've seen some real breakthroughs um in that you know recently obviously Scotland pardoned three to four thousand witches that were killed in the 15th and 16th century um and there's a lot of work being done you know I know in the states as well um where people are you know, really working to have these things turned around so that in history, they're not, witches are not remembered in the way that lots of people probably think about them. That's wonderful in that, you know, we can start to undo some of the wrong um, and move forward in that sense. Um, as I said, social media, we that gives us more of an open space to talk about things. But I think also people are just maybe waking up a little bit more to the fact that, you know, we don't have to live in this big masculine energy. And I think what comes with that is people start to question things and 
I know lots of people who, you know, had the idea of witches that, you know, many people probably have, you know, that they did bad things and, you know, that and that they were killed for a reason and, you know, all of this. But actually now people are, are questioning that, you know, well, well, why were they, you know, why was this happening? And when you now start to unravel some of the history, not only is there, you know, hugely religious and political reasons why witches were being drowned and burnt and all these horrific things but it's people are now asking the question as to what those witches were doing to cause that to happen so and now we can identify their roles within those communities with modern roles in our own communities so for example lots of these women who were accused of witchcraft and then killed were midwives in their local community they were the local herbalist or you know, the healer or, um, you know, the one that foraged for food for the community. All of these roles are absolutely still things that we have today, you know. So being a qualified aromatherapist, would that have then made me a witch because I knew I know how to work with plants? Or a midwife, you know, I mean, she brings in children to the world. So you know what is evil about that you know so it, I think people now because you know we have access to more information people are able to kind of question things more I think we are able to now see that a lot of what happened was absolutely unnecessary in that sense and I think it's wonderful that we are moving to a place where it is more um, talked about and like to your point Megan you know people then you know, whether they identify as a witch or not, are, you know, listening to their own intuition and seeing what gifts they may have themselves, because we all have them. It's just whether or not you're open to them or you're dialing them up or, you know, you're working with them. That's a big difference, I suppose. But I think, yeah, it, there's been some amazing things happening. As I said, you know, the pardon in Scotland recently, um, I know, I got shivers when you said that. Yeah, like, it was a big deal. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that. Massive deal. There was mm. lots of people celebrating. Um, and, yeah. you know, uh, my mentor uh, who I work with, um, she's an incredible woman. Um, she was actually on her local news just this week talking about the fact that she's a witch. So that's incredible as well. Like, I think people are more open to it. And like we were saying, the fact that we work with you know what the earth's provided us you know we work with the elements we're working with natural remedies herbs plants intuition all these things that are in us or around us you know people are um, shifting towards you know a more positive reflection of what a witch is that's not to say that they're that it's completely gone I have to say that um you know uh, myself and I know a few other people still get the the odd you know little threatening message slide into your dms you know which is mm -hmm. a shame but hey you know you can easily block those people um <laughs> and yeah unfortunately in some places in the world witch hunting is still absolutely a thing which just seems wow. incredible that in this day and age we're in one case we're pardoning witches that were killed in the 15th and 16th century and yet in some places witch hunting is actually still almost classed as a sport 
and it, yeah it's just you know it's mind-blowing but you know again there are some wonderful projects that are helping women and you know uh, people identifying as witches in those situations so overall yeah amazing amazing stuff has been happening for you know the witch community yeah. as it were and obviously the witch trials were a barbaric repression of the feminine and of healing yeah. qualities and intuitive gifts um but one of the things that i that I love reading about and witnessing and experiencing as well is the healing of sisterhood wounds because the whole dynamic of kind of women tattling on one another and labeling one another as a witch, um, the kind of the, the dynamics of gossiping and judgment and creating these wounds in between women. Um, and we're seeing this big kind of collective shift coming together in these circles, you know, these spaces held by people such as yourself of bringing women together to really put a, put a stop to that judgment and that criticism of one another and recognize that women and there is this huge bond that we have and that that is that has a huge amount of healing in itself that when we heal that within one another and we heal all the different aspects mm. of ourselves that we also create that healing on a much wider scale as yeah, well absolutely beautiful so what is the magic of plants I know that you've touched on this what do you mean by the magic of plants and what can we gain in this area yeah so this is yeah this is one that excites me so um plants are incredible <laughs> I mean I feel like lots of people are fans of plants after all the lockdown shenanigans you know, I'm sure many people invested in huge amounts of plants. Um, but I think, again, it's going back to that. We know that plants throughout history have been a huge part of traditional medicine. You know, obviously plant medicine itself is, you know, quite a big thing for people at the moment. We know that plants in herb form can be really powerful, not just, you know, obviously taste delicious in our food but also you know therapeutically very good for us and uh, you know essential oils um, as well which are obviously the oil form of of a plant so there's so many ways in which we can work with plants which I just love because it's not just like oh yeah it looks pretty but it actually has all this magical stuff happening you know right at the core of it and you know again like I've said before we're going back you know some of these plants and the remedies that we use them with have just been you know they're age old remedies you know like uh, they've been around for thousands and thousands of years and written about for thousands and thousands of years about how they are so um, wonderful for our health for our mind for our body so much of um, what we now see as kind of um, plant medicine therapy you know working with herbs working with essential oils it's very much come from Chinese medicine coupled with traditional kind of theories on what herbs do um, there's quite a lot of history um, from gypsy traditions as well around plants um, can do um, for kind of healing so yeah there's just so much history steeped in what the plants will do you know obviously we've seen foraging kind of become quite a big trend over the last few years again because people are starting to kind of rediscover that they have all these amazing plants 
just outside your house or in your garden or you know down the road and they can do all these wonderful things for us but they also can taste amazing so I just find yeah it's so interesting that there's just so much you can do with them but I think for me I have worked with mainly herbs and essential oils and these are just the the kind of ways in which I really connect with working with plants and um, I think a good example of how plants have probably taken a real turn is the you know people are now much more savvy about what they put in their bodies or on their bodies and obviously the beauty industry being one um, example is where we've seen such a massive shift probably in the last 10-12 years of people being uh, really concerned about you know what they're putting on their skin and moving back to much more natural organic based products where have my ingredients come from what's that done to the planet just being really conscious of where these products are made you know in what conditions but also then what those raw materials do not only to benefit their skin but you know we're starting to see this real shift in you know what does that also do for my mind and what does it do for me therapeutically and I think you know this has just been so interesting that you know we've gone kind of moved away from these like highly scientific performing you know night creams and all sorts of things to strip it right back to these lovely natural organic remedies and I just think you know then the fact that we're going back to that means if it's not broke don't fix it type thing um but yeah so I think that in itself is just you know probably one good example of why plants have become so kind of sought after again and why I find them so interesting but yeah I think um, you know for me um, essential oils are kind of just magical on so many levels so um, I like to describe essential oils as almost like the DNA of the plant so it's like it's the the purest essence of a plant that you will find and it is so potent and that's why they're so powerful and should be used with caution I must say um and but they also obviously have so many wonderful therapeutic properties that have been proved time and time again there is so much research out there about essential oils um, and what they can do for your mind body mood everything Um, and there's more research being done all of the time which I just think is brilliant um, but obviously, it's the holistic therapy world. We don't have big pharmaceutical budgets to get published. And so it's always that fighting battle all with pharmaceutical world. But, you know, there is so much there that if people want to know more about plants, I think it's all out there to discover. Um, but they also just have this wonderful, not only therapeutic properties to them, but uh, in the practical scientific sense, but they absolutely can connect with people on a energetic level for their well-being and I think you know that's just something that I find incredibly fascinating yeah and you mentioned that one of the things that you love or one of the things that you're loving most about essential oils is that you're really starting to discover their emotional vibration as well as their therapeutic quality so what do you mean by their emotional vibration can you speak yeah because that, that probably sounds a bit odd <laughs> um, so I think, you know, when I first, I've, I've worked with herbs and oils for a really long time, but I, um, like quite a while ago, I decided that I wanted to qualify as an aromatherapist. 
for my own knowledge really but an aromatherapy is something that I think people probably see as quite wishy-washy it's um like oh you can have a nice aromatherapy massage when you go to the spa but actually if it's done correctly and the right and the right oils are used on you it can have this wonderful effect on your mind body therapeutically by working with the right oils for um, your client's mental condition um, and illness you know how they're feeling so you can really start to almost prescribe these oils for people on a therapeutic level that's how I've practiced for many years but I think since I've been doing my own healing and you know my intuition has probably opened up more and my energetic vibration is different I have just started to see them really differently to this I suppose more scientific logical way in that I just get a a sense of feeling from them and I know this is probably going to sound pretty woo-woo um but and again I think a lot of this is connected back to that intuition and listening to it because I think probably for a long time I've intuitively chose oils for people and then put it down to the fact that well I know therapeutically it works that way but actually I was probably choosing them because I know that they were going to work emotionally for my client um so I think yeah it's just like this whole other level of almost connecting with them and I suppose some of the oils will do things therapeutically but then you get a very different energy off them in an emotional sense if that makes sense and probably not um so for example orange is really uplifting and has um you know is often used for kind of anti-anxiety anti-depression very much in that realm it can be very supportive and work therapeutically but actually it's an oil that really wants to be used for grief and you know some people be like but it's so like bright and lovely and citrusy and you know it it should be just a feel-good oil and absolutely yes it is it really calls to you know su- the support of someone who who needs it who may be grieving and rose is um an oil that I've always loved um and I just now connect with it on such a different level um, because it is wonderful it's so good for your skin you know particularly if you've got dry skin like me so I love to just slobber it all over my face but it is absolutely I, I like to call her the mother of essential oils she is the mum of all the plants um, she's really nurturing she's so soft and comforting and so hugely connected to feminine energy so I think this is why I'm so drawn to her as an oil in that way and then cedarwood's been another really interesting one recently Um, again it's very grounding and uh and heavy but its emotional message is about community and connection and I think with everything that's going on it yeah it that's where that's the its place in in that sense so yeah it's just like opened up this whole other world to working with the oils for me and again um just you know blows my mind that I can discover this on another level again yeah and I think it's you know with all of these with all aspects of healing if it works for you 
it doesn't matter about research or whatever. It's like, if it works for you and yeah. it makes you feel good and it brings around a state change for you, then like, that's all the evidence that you need. Yeah, right? exactly. And I, you know, I have a very minimal understanding of oils, but I do use them in my day-to-day. I love orange. It's one of my favorite ones, but I have a really nice geranium oil that in the first thing in the morning before I meditate, I just put a little dot on my heart, a little bit, might put a dot on my third eye, just because I find that that's a nice way to start the day. Sometimes before I jump on, client calls or sessions if I feel like I just need to kind of tune into my Lyman I might just have like lemon or orange or something like that or lavender if I just want to ground so I feel like they just bring around an immediate state change it's like it brings you back into your body connects you to your alignment connects you to spirit like whatever it is or just like you were saying or like or sometimes I use tea tree for anxiety or like if I'm feeling a little bit kind of shaken Mm. but that's just me it's just different things that work for me and different things at different times so yeah I love experimenting with oils they're they're absolutely beautiful okay so just changing tack slightly um something else that I wanted to ask you about as well which I know is a massive topic is mediumship what exactly is mediumship and how does it work? Because I know that this is something that you've been exploring and studying recently. Yeah. So um, another, you know, minefield of a, of a topic. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, mediumship, I suppose, again, can mean very different things to people. But I suppose in a, in a bit of a summary, it's often normally about connecting with those that have passed to the other side. It can also very much be about us connecting with our, our guides. So whether you work with angels or spirit guides or dragons, galactic guides, all sorts of things. Some people um, connect with past animals or pets in mediumship. And then in some uh, some ways, some mediums or intuitives will connect with, you know, a combination of all of those um, and to get a sense of, messages for people who are still walking the earth today so it's I think generally it's about connecting with the other side whether that's dimension nine or five you know you can you can choose (laughs) depending on what you're doing but yeah so um yeah it's very interesting topic and um something that I have been I don't want to use the word playing around because I don't think that's probably the right phrase, but um, <laughs> something that, again, I think probably has been niggling at me on my journey back to, you know, being more me. And um, yeah, definitely in the last six months, I've sort of been ramping up what, you know, I'm, how I'm practicing that or if at all. But yeah, it's been a, it's been an eye opener. There's been um, some very, odd but wonderful things happening um and yeah I think again it's all just come with trusting my intuition more because you know lots of mediums will also describe themselves as intuitives or professional intuitives um because I think sadly mediums has for some people got a bit of a negative connotation you know it's like fortune telling or a bit wishy-washy and um, you know actually um, it is really about using your intuitive gifts to connect with with the with the other side yeah beautiful and with this mention of spiritual gifts um, an idea that I really love is that 
we actually all have access to different powers of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience in that, you know, either we are visual or we have access to hearing words or ideas or things just kind of drop into our psyche um, or clairsentience where we're feeling things. Do you feel like we all have access to these things? And if so, how can people lean into their gifts? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone has access to these gifts. And the way in which we describe the clairs, I always find really interesting is often very similar to how we describe how people prefer to be educated. So, you know, some people are really visual when they're learning at school. Some people listen better. Some people take things in reading. So I often find people will say, well, actually, yeah, when I was at school, I much preferred learning that way. And now I, Mm. you know, I hear things and, you know, so... So I find that very fascinating, but that's probably a separate thing. But um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, absolutely. Everyone has these gifts. It's whether or not, firstly, you're open to them. I mean, if you're totally sceptical and you don't believe in any of this, then of course, these gifts probably are not going to resonate for you um, unless the world is really forcing you to suddenly find them, um, which may happen to some people. But I think, you know, there has to be a level of willing to be open to it. Um, And I think uh, the other thing that probably really stops people maybe figuring out or connecting with their gifts is this constant busy mind, because I think one of the, the things that we need to have to really be able to listen to our intuition and pick up on what our gifts may be is to have a mind that is clear. You know, I'm not saying necessarily it's completely clear because, of course, we've all got stuff going on, but we are not bogged down in this fear state, um, you know, in the day to day. We actually have got the space to have a quiet mind where we can listen to what our intuition is saying. And I think that's that's probably the key for a lot of people is actually getting mm-hmm. to that point where your mind is still quiet enough um, to start to pick up on these signs of what your gifts may be Mm. um so yeah and I think so if people are looking to tune into that then of course you know a quiet mind is probably something that we all wish for but it's pretty difficult to get hold of sometimes but um you know it's also um really easy just to start implementing I say easy but I know how difficult it is actually um, these smaller things in our day that help us to quiet our mind down so that we might hear these things so things like you know going for a walk getting out in nature obviously meditation is an amazing way to start quieting down our mind and really hearing what you know our intuition our body is trying to tell us um, if you're someone who already you know is pretty good at doing all those things and you know you know you have some spirit guides perhaps or some sort of guides then you can start asking the guides for signs or messages um about your gifts um you know just put it out there I would say and again it's just it's being open to it I think it's it can be quite daunting and almost scary I feel like I've had a few situations since I have started practicing where things have come to me that I just I'm not in the headspace for um and you kind of have to 
just be like no not right now so for example I definitely a few nights ago had someone come to me who really wanted to talk about something and it was three o'clock in the morning and I was like it's not really you know I'm really new to this and (laughs) the office is closed (laughs) yeah and I and like you know I've worked with a few other mediums and intuitives you know some learning and training and they were like when that happens you know you just have to say it's not the time I'm not yeah basically I'm not open right now you can come back later Um, come back in business hours yeah exactly (laughs) and so I found myself sort of saying that in my head and then sort of pulling Mm. the cover over my head like I'm not open go away um (laughs) and then I was laying there like oh my god did that actually happen and but it's like trusting that it did you know and that you're not going crazy like that you know you didn't wake up at three o'clock for no reason it's because there was a spirit who wanted to pass a message on and that you know just like humans some of them are impatient and they just want (laughs) to get it done um so yeah it it can be quite overwhelming and a bit frightening um Mm. you know at first but I think again it's you lean in and if it doesn't feel good then you know you pause and you wait and I think again because you have to tend to be open to this you're probably not going to get to a point where you're just like no way I'm so frightened of this I'm not going to do it you know I think um if you're finding yourself on mediumship courses it's probably because you want to be there so you know or they've gently nudged you there um so so yeah it's um it is really interesting but I think yeah just to you know if you're interested in maybe figuring out what your own gifts are then I think yeah just really working with quieting down the mind and um you know hearing hearing it what what you might hear and you know and you'll start to I like to call you know we call them signs or you know symbols but people do see numbers and you know or feathers and these are all signs of your Mm -hmm. gifts um and the other side trying to get your attention so just if you I would say if that if that's happening for people just lean into that start making a note of where it was what you were feeling or what you had maybe thought you needed to know before that sign popped in and just making a note of it is um is quite a good way of just starting to see the patterns yeah and I love that bit that you mentioned about trust as well because it's one being open but then the second bit is really trusting that whatever comes up is actually a thing because I think it's very easy for our conscious mind to step in and be like, oh, that didn't happen or that's not a thing or no, that's wrong. I mean, with, for me, I find that I'm clairaudient. So I hear, I hear things or I see words. So when I'm doing like an EFT tapping session with somebody, when they're trying to feel into what's coming up for them or sensations or experiencing or memories, I will get words or sentences and I'll be like, is this how it feels? Is this what's come up for you? And 9.9 times out of 10, they will be like, that's 100% what just came into my head. And it's like, I just hear the words, but if I wasn't in a place of trusting that that's right, then I'd be like, oh no, like I won't say that type thing, but it actually enables people to you know receive healing or resolution or it it shifts them along 
Um, so yeah. it's just trusting that like whatever comes up for you, whether that's visual, whether it's um, whether it's words, whether it's um, something that you're feeling, that that is right. And not letting our conscious yeah. mind then step in and negate the whole experience because we will try and do that. <laughs> yeah. Ab- oh, absolutely. Because that's what our ego's job is to do. Um, right. <laughs> but I think, again, yeah, the trust part is just so important and is almost the hardest part, I would say, you know, like trusting that what these things or feelings or words are actually, you know, a message. And I think, um, for anyone who is wanting to practice that actually getting validation from other people um, can really help with the confidence there so you know find a friend who is willing to listen to maybe weird things that you might have coming in and you know see if they can validate anything for you you know like um, it's yeah I've had some really strange situations where I've you know because I actually get a bit of everything at the moment so I feel I see I hear I have knowing and I've you know been doing some practice readings and you know suddenly I'm like saying what's coming in I'm like this can't be true it's you know Mm -hmm. it's so Mm -hmm. out there how did this come into my head and Mm -hmm. then you know the person I'm reading for is like oh my god that's my nan yeah blah 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 (laughs) you know and then I'm like oh okay and then suddenly you're like okay yeah and the confidence that comes with validation is just you know it's it's absolutely you know the best feeling I think that you know you've given a message on that you know and you must have that when you're working with your clients it's just like the best feeling that you what you once thought was craziness maybe in your head is actually valid information for somebody else and it's just yeah really really magical um I've been watching um, a few interviews with um, this uh, medium and intuitive lady called Marina Cooper, um, if anyone is interested. Um, she has just got the most amazing approach to tapping into your intuition and working with your gifts. Um, and she, just a line she said that really resonated me with me is when you're practicing is, um, or when you start to think you want to, learn what your gifts are every time something comes up that you're like oh is that my gift you know just ask yourself is that what you think or is it what you feel Mm. and then you start to like really think about is that am I just thinking that because that's how my mind works or am I feeling it as a word as a hearing or in my gut or you know and it really helps you to start distinguishing what's you know your ego and what's what's a what's a sign yeah I I love that I did a a training with my EFT um going into past lives and ancestral trauma and with when we're when we're dealing with realms like that that are slightly foreign to everything that we've experienced in our lives so far and a kind of new new way of working with things I said to my teacher how do I know if something's real or if I'm making it up And she was like, if you're trying to make something happen consciously with your mind, then it's not real. You've created that. If it's something that has just popped in and intuitively you feel it, that's real. I was like, whoa, okay. 
that makes sense <laughs> yeah it does and when you say it out loud you're like yeah it does make sense yeah yeah <laughs> amazing oh my goodness I've loved this chat with you oh um, thank you me too in you going on about spiritual gifts forever um but I think that what it kind of boils down to is we are all so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for you know when we really open ourselves up we we're all such powerful beings I feel like if if anyone's got a takeaway from this it's really just leaning into that and switching on your light and being being your most authentic self I would almost go to say that well we all have a little bit of witch in us yeah yes love that love that (laughs) so (laughs) what are the ways that you're working with people at the moment and the ways for people to get in touch with you and work with you lots of different ways so um I um currently you can book in for um readings um again so intuitive readings tarot oracle um hoping to add mediumship readings at some point who knows um but a lot of my hands-on treatments are rooted in you know aromatherapy and are massage based um but then also um you know I work quite intuitively not only with the oils but that incorporates some crystal healing and some sound healing so treatments are almost very bespoke to what a client needs Um, but as I say they are very much hands-on sort of massage healing incorporated with crystals oils sound um, sometimes some herbs I also do um, some sort of sacral facial treatments as well which are very um special um and then I have got a few um sacred circle events um coming up one at the end of this month um which is very much about working with your intuition so quite a special one so about receiving messages um whether that be from each other yourself or the 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 world around you um so if people are interested in you know practicing with their intuition then that may be a nice one for people to come to um so yeah just lots going on um some new offerings new products and things coming people can find me um on instagram at senses by sim um or website is censusbysim.co.uk beautiful beautiful Thank you so much, my love. Thank you for your time and sharing all of your magic with us. It's been epic hearing about all of your things. So thank you. (laughs) So nice to talk about it all. Um, And yeah, and not feel like you can't. That in itself is incredible. So thank you for (laughs) giving me the opportunity. So thank you. Beautiful. We've all got a little bit of witch. Love that. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that glorious chat with Sim. All of Sim's information is in the show notes if you'd like a reading or are interested in her hands-on treatments or events here in Brighton. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate, like and share the episode so that more people can receive the vibes. See you next time. Mm